welcome to our January 2023 Empower Women podcast episode, Overcoming Obstacles to Healthy Eating. This month, we were joined by Dr. Nina Frischtire, a physician, nutritionist, and certified life coach. In this episode, Nina discussed what healthy eating looks like and how you can achieve it. She also addressed common obstacles such as no time for meal prep, lack of recipes for simple and nutritious meals, over-reliance on takeout, a lifestyle that revolves around food-centric events, lack of self-care, and eating driven by emotions and stress. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Um, As Susie said, I'm Nina, and I am a physician, and I've been in the field of nutrition for about 30 years now, so I um, love the field. I love the science of it, uh, and I help people with weight loss and general nutrition with a big focus on the sort of the mindset, because I think it's, there are two major components, you know, for most people, there's the eating and what should they eat, you know, kind of a confusion about that. And then there's also how to put it in place. So I'm going to be touching on both of those areas and also a little more broadly. Um, so we'll get, we'll get started. So yeah, so um, the title of the talk is it's overcoming obstacles to healthy eating. Um, and first off, I'll just tell you the goal. So, but I'm gonna uh, first start, I'll I'll be talking for about 40 minutes or so, again, with time for questions, and we'll have time at the end for questions and answers, but I'm gonna just um, suggest a framework for what we're even talking about with healthy eating. Uh, I'll point out some common obstacles I see with my clients and just in general, among all of us, me included, uh, because I'm certainly not immune to some of these obstacles. Then I'll offer some practical solutions, and I'd I'd like for all of you to have uh, try to identify what's most pressing for you and one solution. Okay. I just want to just acknowledge that, you know, when life happens, it's just not always easy. Well, um, you know, we all have best intentions. We, you know, we're all educated and you know, um, there's a lot of information out there of what healthy eating looks like. Um, but even so it can be difficult. So to start off by saying, okay, what does healthy eating even look like? And I wanna just uh, point out that it's very individual. So some people might have medical issues, uh, could be a blood sugar, you know, diabetes, their personal preferences, you know, you may dislike goat milk, so you'll never eat that. You know, life circumstances, you know, busy schedules, this kind of thing. Um, Your social and family situations, say eating out with people, or let's say work with clients different ethnic traditions, you know, there, there are different uh, foods that are eaten or not eaten, you know, moral, all, all of these things, you know, there could be others, but they all play into what healthy eating looks like for you. So when I give an overview, um, this is really needs to be tailored to you, but these are general, general goals, which are consistent with, with uh, a lot of uh, good science out there. And I'll just cover them. So uh, vegetables, you know, forever, uh, we, we know that vegetables are healthy. And, and um, one of the main reasons vegetables are healthy, not only for their nutrient, but the fiber. And that is there's becoming um, more and more research available showing that the fiber in vegetables is really what counts, uh, especially for the health of your digestive tract and the gut biome. Um, low sugar fruits, because some of the high sugar fruits like mango and pineapple can, be, uh, can raise your blood sugar good quality protein and uh, for women and men but certainly for women as we age we need more protein and I, i'm not saying you have to be on an all protein low carb low fat diet but it's just 
the protein you eat is, is really important, especially good quality. Um, healthy plants and animal fat. Sometimes people have this idea that eating fat is gonna make them fat, so they avoid the fat, but um, good fats, first of all, they help your vegetables uh, easier to digest and good nutrients are satisfying. So it's really important to have um, you know, say avocado and nuts and things. Whole foods, and the reason for that is that they, they're more bioavailable. So in other words, your body can absorb the nutrients better and they also generally have uh, fewer additives, which is also good for your health. So when you say whole foods, you mean like the actual thing, not like a processed package of it. Exactly. Right. So if you're going to have, um, you know, like say rice, you know, versus bread, I mean, that's up for grabs as to whether it's, you know, rice is actually healthier, but if you're going to be having soybeans edamame versus reconstituted soy protein in a sort of um, vegetarian version of a chicken nugget, the soybean is going to be better. Same thing. Chickpeas as opposed to having chickpea flour pasta. So even if you're talking about a healthy food, you know, chickpeas are, are wonderfully healthy, high protein, but it's just, it's a different form when it's in a pasta form as opposed to the bean. So yeah, organic and sustainably raised food for more nutrients, fewer chemicals, and generally a better taste, although that's up for grabs because certainly additives for more processed foods are designed to have a better taste, but you know. Then just in general, things that um, actually have, when, when foods have a negative impact on the health, uh, it's actually important to minimize those. So uh, processed foods with the chemicals, sugar, more and more research uh, everywhere that sugar is really detrimental to your health. That can include mental health, weight, just your hormone balance, all of that. Uh, excess salt also has, that's, that's not good for your body and alcohol. And there's a, there's a kind of idea for some people that alcohol can actually stimulate digestion. That's not entirely true. So, um, you know, and also people think about alcohol as being anti-aging, you know, with the wine in particular, but you have to be drinking an enormous amount of alcohol in order to get those benefits. So moderation or minimal. Um, you know, foods that support the gut biome, that's a whole topic in and of itself, which um, just goes along with the things I'm saying here. And just other factors, you know, that just are related to your eating, you know, just like mindfulness, is it just um, appealing to the senses, a connection, just foods that are going to support your health. Ease of preparation also is, is healthy. You don't, want, you don't want food prep to be stressful and affordability, right? And this, I always like to remind people whenever the topic of food comes about, um, how we're wired as people. So we have this motivational triad, which affects everyone. You know, we're all human. And what we want to do is we want to avoid pain. So anything that seems like a change or that might be too difficult, you know, we, we avoid it, you know. And when something is pleasurable, we seek it out. If something like a brownie tastes good, versus, you know, looking at a menu, let's say there's a recipe that looks like it would take half an hour to prepare. Uh, first of all, you have to go to the supermarket ahead of time, you know, versus having some brownies that your daughter made that are happen to be on the counter, you know, it's just, we, it's just natural, you know, we have those tendencies. And embracing comfort, you know, we wanna do what's familiar, you know, the habits that we already have. So anything when we try to change our habits, it just intensifies these desires. So I just really, I'd uh, love to point this out and just remember that if you're feeling any of these things, these pulls, uh, don't think anything's gone wrong. They're expected, especially when you're trying to make a change.
Okay, does that does that bring up anything for anyone? This, uh, you know, in thinking about, um, you know, these these different things. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So we'll just kind of move on here to. Um, so common obstacles to healthy eating, and I'll go over these, but I'd love to hear if for any of you, if there's something that really stands out as what you think are, are really the top one or two obstacles, I'd love to hear, but I'm going to be covering. Just feel free to unmute yourself and speak out. <laughs> yes, great. Perfect. Okay, so um, physical issues, you know, they can be emotional, life circumstances, and I'll go over the, each, each one of these in detail. Circumstances, uh, lack of time, confusion, cost of food. Okay, so starting with some physical issues, um, sometimes people have a sense of fatigue and it just feels just too tiresome to, you know, to make the meal. You've worked all day or you've shuttled kids or you've had social obligations or, you know, whatever it is, you just feel like, oh, I just don't have the energy for it. Um, and I'll get into some solutions for each one. So I'm just going to covering like, because I want you to all think about what might be relevant for you. Uh, pain or injury, you know, that can make it difficult to, to get around, to go to the store, that sort of thing. Um, hormonal imbalances is really common um, for both women and men, but particularly for women as we age, where uh, we crave certain foods that we may think are not healthy for us, and often they're not healthy. <laughs> um, so medical conditions that can, you know, let's say someone has um, uh, let's say they have digestive issues, they may want to have a bland diet rather than something that's more fiber. Um, and I also want to talk about hunger and appetite. Um, that will be something I, I get to, because that can really get in the way. So, um, you know, some of the, some of the things are that, you know, let's say we, we have, you know, we, we feel fatigued and we can't quite figure out how to go to the store and cook and all this sort of thing. You know, to, to really just remind ourselves to make time for rest and good quality sleep. So oftentimes we burn the candle at both ends. We think we need to be on email in the evening and it just ends up uh, costing us in our in our fatigue and we're more likely to reach for high carb foods mm -hmm. and, and just processed foods. Um, modifying physical activity. Sometimes people are waking up. I have this with clients. They're waking up at crazy hours of the morning so that they can, you know, work out and that becomes um, difficult, especially if you have an injury. Um, eating foods that optimize your hormonal system. Now, this is a, another topic in and of itself, but generally low sugar foods are gonna do wonders for your hormone balance. So uh, these hormone changes can make us crave processed and high sugar foods. And so even though you, know, you crave these foods, if you can just train yourself to have lower sugar foods, you're going to have a better hormonal um, atmosphere in your body and you're going to um, you, you get used to eating healthier foods and healthy healthy foods help your metabolism and your hormones okay and then just to remind yourself to just to get medical medical treatment for anything that's going on physically okay so when we when people think about some of the mental issues um, a lot of times emotions are really what's what's driving the things that become difficult, you know, mentally, because, you know, talking about some of the practical solutions is, is one thing I'll get to those, but oftentimes it's, we, we underestimate, I think sometimes the emotions that are coming up for us. So 
for example, having negative feelings about your body or your eating. You know, there are a lot of people saying, well, I should be eating this, I should be eating that, or my body is just not what it was 10 or 20 years ago. And so they kind of throw in the towel and just kind of give up and it puts on this secondary pressure on themselves. Um, sometimes just having the difficult emotions that you feel, whether it's loneliness or anxiety or depression, that can lead to emotional eating. And in those situations, typically you're, you're you know, reaching for processed, high sugar foods. So it's just important to just recognize what might be driving your, your eating. Um, sometimes people think that just because they haven't been successful in weight loss or healthy nutrition before, they say, well, that's just me. I'm just not cut out for this. I, you know, I, 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 this is just how I am. And that's just not true. You know, you, you can, whatever you do today, you can start fresh and make changes going forward. Um, let's see, there's a chat, yeah. Stress and going, someone's saying stress and going for comfort foods such as dark chocolate and ice cream. Yeah, that's really, really common. And turns out that, you know, sometimes we, we avoid having foods like that and then we feel deprived. For example, 85% dark chocolate has shown to be actually a health food. So just want to point that out um, that, you know, sometimes we do that, we can eat those foods almost preventatively so that we don't binge on them later. Um, prioritizing other people and your responsibilities before yourself, super common. I mean, especially in women, I have to say. Um, so just something to notice. and or an all or nothing behavior. We're either eating healthy or we're not. And sometimes we swing from one extreme to the other. We deprive ourselves and then we say, well, this is just too limiting. I'm gonna to go to the other extreme. The number one thing here is to just think about compassion. Compassion for yourself and just being, saying it's okay. Nothing's gone wrong if you're having these feelings, okay? So, um, I don't know if anyone wants to share any emotional issues. Um, someone did mention stress, but um, if there's anything, maybe there's a particular emotion that comes up for you or just I'll something. Also, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. mention the one that you um, said, you know, thinking about other people. So in my household, I have family members that have like picky. Some people are picky, right? <laughs> so I want to make something that's really healthy, but then I worry that no one else is going to eat it. So I end up always making the same thing that I get sick of eating because that's what I know they'll eat. Yeah. Yeah. And so in a situation like that, I mean, there are different ways to approach it. You know, the, the absolute extreme would be, well, you're the one cooking. You have the responsibility. I mean, this is extreme. You have the, you have the responsibility, but you also have the privilege of saying, this is what I'm making, you know, invite people in. And if you'd like to have something you'd like to cook, you know, you share the cooking and come, you know, halfway, you know, is, is one right. approach. You know, another one is, is to, is to you know, you go uh, halfway and say, well, here are the things that you like. And what, like, what's an example of something that you wouldn't necessarily make for yourself, but you make for them? For uh, your like my husband and my daughter eat a, like to eat a lot of steak and I don't. So I'd rather have like a piece of fish. <laughs> okay. All right. And so, and so in terms of, and so is it more of like, so it's what you want to eat because steak can be healthy. I mean, grass-fed beef is known to have health benefits. You know, they have it's good quality fats, right. and you get good nutrients. But preference is another thing, which which is real. Yeah, and, I just don't want it every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so right, and so so yeah, of course, making making the foods that are good for you. What do you think would happen if you just made the foods that you like? 
Um, well, my husband would not eat the fish at all. <laughs> my daughter might force it and eat it, but you know, um, so I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it is. It is an issue. You know, we we because there are multiple things going on with a meal. You know, we want to. It's the nutrient value. It's the communal part. It's also an opportunity to do something kind for those we're we're eating with. It's pleasurable to to do that. And I think that it's. It, what do you think is the most? You know, so from what I'm hearing for you is you want to you you're you're willing to make the the meal and you want it to to have something shared like. Do you want them to eat fish or do you not want to be eating the meat? Like what out of those two, what do yeah. you think is more important? Um, I don't want to eat the meat. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just make a piece of fish for myself, I guess, but that just makes it that much more complicated, right? Yeah. Are there things that you all enjoy? Yeah, plenty of things. So we, you know, we do, do, do that. And I think, I think things like that. Yeah. They, they, they well, I'll say you make the steak and I'm going out with my friends for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the <laughs> <laughs> or you have steak night. You say, okay, you know, I mean, there's coming up with solutions here. Wednesday night is steak night. Uh, and, and, and everyone knows that, you know, because I think a lot of times it's the planning ahead and everyone being on board with the plan, I think actually serves a lot of the communal kind of function. And then everyone knows you don't have to make decisions. You look forward to it. You just know it becomes a shared ritual that you have. You know, maybe Mondays and, and Thursdays are fish nights. You know, and, and coming up with sort of a rotating menu. And, and there are other things, you know, besides steak. Tuesday is this night. You yeah. know, um, can can really be can really be helpful. But I but I hear you. And and sometimes, it just that is the solution. You just as you're broiling steak, you have one sort of baking sheet with the steak. You have one baking sheet with the fish, and that's just it. And and actually, that that ends up being what I do. You know, my my daughter's allergic to fish, so I'll make you know I'll make other things. You know. But yeah, these are all good to even notice, you know, regardless of the solutions you come up with, you notice the struggle. And then if you think about it, you, you know, oftentimes we have our own solutions for it, you know, or we just say, yeah, I don't like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know? I just to add real quick, one of the, th I, and I don't consistently follow this. So, you know, I'm not a hero. So um, I had like a board and I was just looking for it, but of course I couldn't find it. It just basically said meals for the week, right? So, you know, we, we cook like Monday to Thursday and then the other three days, you know, it's a free for all. But, um, and so I try, right, to fill that out on Sunday, get my grocery list. And so everyone knows what we're eating. So if you don't like it, then plan yourself a dinner that night you know, make plans, go out with a friend, do what you want, but this is what we're having kind of thing. And it actually worked out pretty well. I don't consistently follow it, but having that visual in the kitchen, like we're having chicken Wednesday night. I love that. And one, you know, for all kinds of reasons, you know, first of all, you're planning in advance, so it's good for you. Yeah. It was like a dry erase board, you know, with the food, with the meals. It sounds like an invitation for other people to make suggestions if they want also, but it, right. you know, number one things I find for, you know, for clients, friends, you know, anyone I talk to is the, the more decisions you can make ahead of time, the better decision paralysis, decision overload is a huge derailer for right. eating. So I love and that. If you include them in that, it's even better, but sometimes I just have to. Well, you know, the, the invitations, the invitations there. I think that's the that's the main thing. So we don't have to, you know, then you just like, you don't have to say, well, I told you so. But it's sort of like, you know, yeah, you're not trying to be militant about it. So I love that. Thanks for sharing. 
Okay, so yeah, compassion is key, but um, you know, along the lines of like, let's not judge ourselves. Like maybe you know, I'm sure there are plenty of things that are already healthy in your in your you know the way you're eating and. And everyone's body has, you know, we can all find positive things in our body. You know, it's not, you know, we don't have to compare ourselves to the media, you know. And just when it comes for emotions, if we feel disappointment or resentment or guilt or whatever it is, the feelings that, you know, are, are common, just just notice it, you know, try just try not to react to it or make more of it than it is. You know, we all have the feelings. It's okay. You know, and just notice, you know, back to this, this idea that maybe if you haven't, we had healthy eating in the past you can still make changes today you can do something you know and we all have the future ahead of us so um yeah reframing what it means to satisfy your needs and desires and i have this example about yeah talking with a friend in need and you know it doesn't have to be an hour-long conversation you can you know if someone wants steak every night how about wednesday you know and just you do it you know so that you're still you know, honoring your own values of what you want to be uh, responsible and giving towards others. But, you know, you decide your limit. I mean, we all know other people, you know, the whole, you know, give an insult, take a mile. I mean, they're not doing anything wrong, but if you consistently provide it, why wouldn't they keep asking for it? You know, so I think it's just nice to kind of pay attention of this idea of, you know, you can be in charge. And then just making incremental changes in your eating, I think just, uh, you know, helps avoid the overwhelm feeling. Okay, so thanks for sharing that. So life circumstances is another big one. People are like, oh, I, you know, how are you doing? Busy, I've been crazy, you know, all this stuff going on. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of just uh, address all of these um, of, of, you know, things that kind of can get in the way. And I'm just wondering if anyone has anything um, that might be like a life circumstance. I mean, sometimes there are emotional things like, you know, a life event, um, an illness in, in family, or, um, you know, we have client meetings, our peers are, you know, leading us, you know, one way that we don't want to go, but anyone want to share anything that's challenging for them? My challenge is just busy season. I work crazy hours and, um, you know, sometimes I eat healthy, but then at night I'll snack or want like the junk food. I eat extremely healthy during the daytime, no problem. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I could be I've been working remotely for eight years and I could be in my office all day and at four o'clock realize I didn't eat anything or, you know, just had water and coffee. Yeah. Okay. That's a good insight. Yeah. This idea of people eating healthy during the day and then, you know, just telling, talking about their eating as being unhealthy. Um, that's super common uh, because, you know, a lot of times people will wake up with the best intentions and work is, is busy and, you know, all this kind of thing happens. And then you, yeah, you feel hungry or deprived or stressed out. And so food becomes a, a reward. And so um, I, I, I just, I do believe that no matter how busy life is, um, there always is time for those few minutes. You know, I think, um, you know, that those kind of few minutes to just have, let's say you have soup, even like a, a room temperature soup that you can just eat really quickly, you know, this kind of thing. But it's, a, it's just a question of having it on your mind. I mean, that's one thing, the practical. The other one is all the stress and the desire for rewards after busy days, especially when work is crazy. So that's something to all also notice. Can, yes. you, can you think of something that would be helpful for you? Because um, I'm sorry I missed it. Which is the busy season for you? Is it now? Um, now it's almost 12 months of the year. It's been crazy. Okay. Since okay. Okay, so ongoing. So um, even more important, like what do you think would be 
helpful for you with that challenge of, for example, not having eaten anything and it's four o'clock? Um, I mean, sometimes I try to make time, but when you are so focused and sometimes you don't even realize that you'll get calls and emails, you don't even realize what time it is. So I have that same, I have that same thing sometimes. And I started and it actually really works. I started to like, you know, we use technology for everything. So I started to like set a little alarm after, you know, maybe two hours that says, Hey, get up, move your body, walk to the kitchen, get something healthy, grab a yogurt, grab a handful of nuts, grab something. um, And then walk back to your desk because I don't know about you, Marcy, but I started even having like hip pain because I was sitting so much. Um, so I think if you can do those little things, maybe yeah. that, that might make just a huge difference. But health, you know, getting up is sort of, you know, it's the new exercise, you know, just getting up uh, periodically and it'll just clear your mind so you can be more efficient. I think we think we have to just go nonstop because we, we don't want to miss a moment. But taking a break actually clears your mind and you're more efficient. And it just, it's a good, it's a health thing. So I, great, you know, great suggestion. I was going to say that, you know, set an alarm. People make a phone call. Why can't, you know, and so you respond to that. It ends up being putting other people's priorities, you know, first. Yours are equally important. So you have your time, you know. So, all right. So just just like some of these, um, some of the things that come up, you know, say with life circumstances, if, you know, you have uh, a life event, like a, you know, relative illness or death or something like that, just, you know, realize you can't do it all. It's going to take its toll. So ease up on other areas. Um, social social occasions and, and celebrations, it just becomes a big a big source of overeating. But, you know, really just as much as possible, try to focus on the social interactions, not the, the food. You know, you can be polite and eat, but you don't have, you know, the more you eat doesn't mean the more fun you're going to have, you know. And just creating new habits and giving yourself time, you know, don't try to change everything at once, but just recognize it's going to be awkward. It might be uncomfortable. You might feel guilty if you don't take the phone call, you know, you let it go to voicemail for five minutes and call them back. You might think, well, that's not my standard of, of delivery, you know, of, of work, but what's the, what's the, what price is it paying? You know, what's the toll it's taking on you? So just kind of get used to the fact that your clients will hopefully still be happy. And if not, you know, you kind of cross that bridge when you get to it. I'm not saying it's easy at all, but um, that's the point. It's not easy. So expect it to be hard and then, you know, it's, you, you'll stick with it because it's not easy. Um, so then surrounding yourself with peers who's healthy eating, you know, you emulate or, you know, just try to bring people more towards your version of healthy eating. So going out to dinner with people and everyone's ordering, you know, wings and you know, deep fried potatoes and things like this. Okay, well, maybe you, maybe they have like fried, um, you know, they have these chisito peppers or you want to just have like a crudite platter or whatever it is, you know, you just bring in your version of what seems healthy for you. And then just having your time, building your time for the unexpected. We're so overscheduled. And when things, one thing happens, sometimes it can throw us off entirely. And we just have to expect that things are going to come up. And if they don't come up, you've got free time for yourself. It just really eases up the stress. So for for working uh, people, you know, eating is just one more thing. We're taking care of the household and the kids and work, you know, our social life, all this kind of thing. It feels like just like another burden. And our days are busy, so it doesn't leave a lot of time for the meal planning. Um, Just feeling overwhelmed with how you're going to pull it off. Like it just seems daunting. Never mind, you know, before you even start. And then 
um, this whole idea of time scarcity, I think, is really a big one that comes up. You know, we just we just think we have to rush through everything, and you know, we we just really can take time in our days uh, to, um, especially for something like eating, where it actually gives us more time later when we when we're feeling nourished, we're more calm, we can be more efficient um, for all the things that we need to do. So what, what would you say, anyone want to share something time-wise? I mean, um, yeah, Marcy, you had your, your busy day um, before the talk. Um, I guess it was, yeah, and, you know, Andrew was talking about just this idea of um, kids' activities take up time. What, what stands out for anyone if you'd like to share um, something that makes it, makes it difficult with time? Well, Christine, you have the husband and kids. I just have a husband. And the hot pot is he's retired. And it got really complicated during COVID because I worked remotely. He didn't. So our schedules are different. And especially when it comes down to dinner, like he's the type that he might not eat all day. And then he's like, I'm hungry. What do you want? And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't have time to, like, that's not the time I'm going to stop prepping dinner. So oh. it's kind of a struggle with that. Um, and it's funny, he's a meat eater, but now we have tons of venison because he's a hunter. So at least the venison's healthy and he'll eat that and I can have something else, but. Um. Yeah, no, that's definitely, you know, when other people have their demands, it gets into, you know, other people's responsibilities or things that might feel sort of not in your control. And I'm a huge advocate for planning. And so one example, I don't know, I'm not trying to uh, suppose I know all the details, but of just you know, planning the meal ahead of time, it can just save those decision, you know, not only does it save the decision in the moment, but it saves all those, sometimes emotions come up, and I'm not saying they come up for you, but they certainly come up with my clients where like, he's been home all day, you know, I'm just giving an example, he should have prepared something, you know, why doesn't he go to the store? Why is it always on me? And why do we have to have dinner on his time? And I'd rather have a bigger lunch. Why does he want a bigger dinner? You know, we end up having all of these kind of thoughts that really take away from the simple question of like, yeah, what is for dinner, you know, and let's decide. I mean, and, and there's a lot of drama that comes up when we don't plan ahead, um, including towards ourselves, we feel like we failed. So um, how do you well, think- It becomes like the habit, right? Like you've done it for so long, a certain way. Right. Just like, we, you know, I think in one of the slides earlier, you talked about the physical, like we don't get good sleep or whatever because we're checking emails late at night. It's because we've created these habits in our life are hard to break but I guess if we make little efforts to break some of these habits or just change them a little bit maybe it would make such a huge difference yeah and you just you just target it because um we both have our own businesses but um on my own but 24 7 my, my clients know and I do have a really bad habit if someone e emails me at 10 o'clock at night and I look at it I respond even though they might not expect me to respond yeah, and that's really, really good to notice. And you may choose to do that. You know, we all, you know, it's, it's, there's not a judging, you know, but it's really a question of, yeah, what price is it for you to do that? And what is the downside of not doing it? What, what would it be like to put your phone on do not disturb and get to the things in the morning? You know, you get your sleep and you're, you, you would have you fresh in the morning to respond to it. And so it's a, a question some, somewhat of retraining those of us around us to have different expectations, you know, so that we set the expectations, not them. 
And we, I think there's something, you know, call it people pleasing or what, but we can often get a high from responding like, wow, I'm really on, you know, I'm responding at 10 PM and aren't I amazing? You know, I mean, I'm extreme. I'm not judging you by saying that, but I'm just describing some of the feelings I have and some of the feelings that my clients share, you know, we want to do it all. It, it, it kind of gives us a rush, but that rush also, you know, it, it can backfire. And you know, anyway, so it just, it's a whole other topic, but it's super common for women, you know, and especially when we, we've been doing the same thing over and over. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. So, like I said, this is kind of a, a whole long list. And, um, you know, basically, we just, I just want to point out that, you know, when you are more, when you're planning your time ahead, you can just do everything much more efficiently and you do it, you do it better, especially if you're eating well and you're sleeping well. So yeah, planning ahead saves time and eliminates decision overload. Keeping meals simple. So um, as an aside, you know, I, I, Trader Joe's, for example, they have a lot of like basic ingredients. I mean, really any market can. And just having very like a repertoire of just very simple meals you, you put together, it does not have to be gourmet, um, is whatever that looks like for you. I think it's, it's important because, you know, you see online, you know, oh, easy recipes and it's a 45 minute recipe. That's, that doesn't necessarily mean easy, you know, or easy doesn't mean that it's quick, you know. So, um, yeah, sometimes getting meal kit deliveries can be helpful. Breaking up food prep or cooking in batches, you know, cooking something and having it, you know, freezing it, having it later or making the components and having it, you know, served for multiple meals. Um, just having prepared food can be helpful. And, and just, you know, just this idea, we have the same amount of time in our days. So, just take a look and see, are there things that are draining your time? Yeah, so just without judging yourself, just thinking of, you know, if, if food is a priority, then, you know, you make time for it and answering emails or, um, you know, conversations yeah. with people you may not have to or attending committees and things like that. So um, confusion in, is a big one. Uh, so much information out there is changing and contradictory. We don't know ourselves. We, one day we might be, be keto-like, another time we might be, you know, um, whatever, low-fat, you know, all the, all sorts of things. And in the supermarkets, food channels, it's all just daunting. You know, there are just way too many options. And with this decision overload, we then we start catering either to other people or we eat what's in front of us or we do what we've always done. So that's one of the reasons I stick to really, really broad guidelines. I just think that it's, it just, there's, there's some general things which have been shown consistently to be healthy, which is, you know, lots of vegetables, low sugar fruit, healthy fats, you know, good quality protein. I think, you know, we, we can go to a reputable supermarket and you just shop the, the periphery of the supermarket, you're going to be in good shape. So, and being consistent with your eating habits. I know, um, you know, a lot of people don't like to eat the same thing all the time. And I completely understand that, you know, one, one solution for that is to use a lot of spices whether it's salsas, hot sauces, herbs, you know, you can jazz up a lot of meals if you have the same components. And I just like to, you know, remind myself that, you know, let's say, um, you know, if you pick most countries in the world and you think of the traditional meal, whether it's Mexico having beans and rice and maybe some chicken or meat or, you know, you know, really any ethnic, any, any country, people are eating the same thing pretty much all the time. We, in the, in, for us, we're used to having Thai one night and then we have, Mexican and then we have steak and then we have Southwest, you know, we we've kind of gotten uh, used to having a, a massive variety, you know, every single ethnic food variety in the world. 
and every food available is, you know, every food is available every season. So just to kind of step back and realize that that's kind of a modern invention. And even though it's exciting and tastes great and it's fun, it's also not a requirement. So just kind of keep that in mind that, um, you know, it's, it's okay if it's, if it's just okay, you know? And having a repertoire of meals and snacks and sticking with it can just be really helpful. Um, again, with just having variety with sauces and spices and things like that. And then planning ahead, you know, um, can really can really help uh, decision overload. Okay, so cost, um, don't know how much this comes up for all of you, but um, no question, you know, good quality food is more expensive. And a reminder that, you know, in our country, we're used to spending a much smaller percentage of our income on food than in other countries. Our food is actually pretty cheap, even though um, nowadays, especially with the pandemic, um, clearly it's more expensive. And, you know, going to, the, going to the market and seeing some fish prices at $30 a pound, I mean, it's prohibitive to a certain extent. Um, but there are um, there are some solutions, you know, for that, including this one um, here, where cooking less expensive foods that have that have high nutrient content and protein, I think, is the big one, um, because meats and fish can be really expensive. But it turns out that lots of foods have protein. Broccoli has protein. Squash has protein. You know, grains, uh, certainly tofu and beans and things like that. And so, just getting creative with different kinds of food. Um, can really uh, help with the budget. Um, so, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe not having fish or expensive beef on, on such a regular basis, but then you make it special. You plan and you know in advance, so you can look forward to it. So um, I'll just kind of go on to, you know, some solutions, just buying in bulk. Um, frozen foods, I find, are often cheaper um, because I don't know, maybe it's cheaper for the stores to keep it, or maybe they buy in, in, in bulk. You can get some good quality frozen foods. Um, but just remembering that spending on good quality food is actually an investment in your health. So kitchen shortcuts, um, buying chopped, you know, pre-chopped vegetables is, is a great, you know, that's great. Buying a rotisserie chicken, that's a great option. And sort of, yeah, trying other foods, but just spending less on order on going out. So if you go out, having appetizers, not necessarily a full meal, um, going out for breakfast or lunch is cheaper, doing other things that are, you know, social, but they're maybe not related to food, like outdoor skating or playing games, you know, game night can be really helpful. But I just want to, to, to really have this as a reminder that avoiding pain, seeking pleasure and embracing comfort is our that's our tendency. We all want to do that. Habits and, you know, this kind of thing. So when we try to change them, we come up with resistance. And often these are the, these are really the sources of resistance more so than should I make chicken or fish for dinner, you know, because they, these, these get in the way. So you can't even make those decisions. So stay the course. Okay. Um, and so um, before, you know, so just as a summary of what I've talked about is just be compassionate with yourself and your needs just for yourself, just maybe identify what is a big obstacle for you, examine them and question them. It, is it really an obstacle that's real that I that I can't change? Um, you know, if your child has a, you know, a sports commitment, of course you have to go, you know, or you, or you don't have to, but, you know, you want to go, so you're going to go. So, you, you know, but you think about other things that may you know, that really are negotiable and try to be creative and simplify and streamline all the time. One of the main things is like you just don't have to be a gourmet chef. 
thank yourself for all you're doing and and just if, just acknowledge the things that you're doing well and enjoy the foods that support good health okay all right so um so i like to share this this is a repertoire of very of really simple meals of things that you can do in advance and you can eat the same thing every morning because you make let's say you make a batch of overnight oats with just a little bit of maple syrup to make it sweet add some nuts for health that can either be added on top when you're eating it or mixed in if you like them softer with frozen berries and just ginger and salt and so you could make a, a batch of this and have this every morning for you and your family or take it to work you know this another and you don't have to heat them up you just no nope. okay yep. and um I'm, i i happen to be a huge fan of eggs i i've read so much research showing that it really does not lead to um poor heart health in fact just the opposite uh, especially if you're buying um, pasture-raised eggs, high omega-3 eggs. But anyway, I love store-bought boiled eggs. It's a fantastic cheap source of protein. You can put them in salads and you can eat them with kimchi or spices, anything. And then another one is just this, you know, avocado toast I know you see everywhere. I'm a fan of sprouted wheat breads. I think that they're more wholesome and um, they do have good fiber and nutritional yeast. I know for some people that's a little bit out there, but um, nutritional yeast is modified yeast, high in protein, has a cheesy flavor, but you, you have um, good quality protein and nutrients. Berries, you know, and eggs and salmon. Smoked salmon can be high in salt, but it's an easy way to get some added protein. Um, when it comes to lunch, um, there are so many, so many pre-cut um, vegetables that are available. You could just, you know, especially like the leafy green mixes, like arugula, or uh, mache, uh, watercress, you know, there are all these different greens, you just dump it in there, avocado, nuts, canned fish, for those who eat seafood, wonderful, you just drain it, dump the can in, mix it all up, you don't even need additional dressing, really, or chickpeas, um, but, you know, olive oil or vinegar, just so easy, um, take, oops, sorry about that, still getting used to this, take out soups or stews, you know, it could be from a restaurant, from Prairie Food, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. They all have all these stews that have some good quality protein. So that's always an easy one. Um, if you want to have, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't feel like that they need to have carbs at lunch, but I, if, if that's if you like, go for it. Um, and then for for um, for meals, I say fish. I know some people don't eat seafood, but even you know don't don't discount frozen fish I, I find salmon really is the best one i've had frozen cod and don't think it's all that great um swordfish can be wonderful um some of the more hearty like haddock and chilean sea bass those work well frozen but just broiling it and then using the microwave for pre-cut vegetables um you know pre-cut broccoli in the bag microwave sweet potatoes i mean this really we're talking a 10 minute meal you know and i'm I like dark chocolate. Okay, I don't know if you've seen those um, those curry those jars of curry sauce. Super easy. Whatever protein of choice, throw in some frozen vegetables, boil it. You know you're done. You can even buy pre cooked pre cooked rice, and then have, having some fruit. Yeah, and and sometimes with the snacking, um, sometimes people snack a lot because they're not eating good meals and it's just out of hunger and so um you know because sometimes people can they they equate healthy eating with eating less and um you know there's different research out there but a lot of evidence points to the fact that actually your metabolism is more effective in, in the morning and in the middle of the day 
you know, our, our culture, we've gotten used to having a big meal for dinner. It's part entertainment. It's part when everyone's available. It's the reward for the end of a stressful day. You know, it just, it's special, you know, there, there's so many reasons why dinner has become like the big meal. But, you know, traditionally in cultures around the world, lunch has really been the bigger meal. I mean, our, our lives are not exactly set up to have breakfast, say at 10, like nine or 10, that might be an ideal time for breakfast, lunch at two. I mean, it's not realistic. But even, even if we're busy with our work, we can still have a very substantial lunch. Um, you know, not, not heavy on carbs because if we eat a lot of carbs, even, even eating too much fat, like especially uh, sort of unhealthy fats, we're gonna feel sluggish in the afternoon. But if you're having a fantastic portion of protein on nice either cooked or raw veggies, it, it, it doesn't take that long to prepare and you're gonna just do a lot better. I have a question. When you think of like the non-fat um, Greek yogurts and non-fat cottage cheese, are you the type that says full fat? Yeah, full fat all the way. Yeah, because I think that you're, you're, you know, you're getting, you know, the, the fat can be, can be healthy and the dairy, you know, people respond differently to dairy. So for example, for me, I, I respond much better to goat. A goat has been shown, it has goat, goat milk, you know, which you can find in a lot of supermarkets. It's not everyone's taste. It has kind of a tangy taste. But um, goat has different kind of fats than than cow, and in, in goat cheese and goat milk is much more easily digested. So, just I can't. I always have a plug for for goat. But yeah, I, th I think that what would be the reason for having low, you know, uh, fat-free milk and cottage cheese? So 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 you're overall having low fat in your in your diet. Um, just habit, and like I said, I do kind of like the Weight Watches thing, but. Um, I get my dairy and I don't know if I really need that fat. I'm, I'm eating other things. Well, I think in, I think in general that, that uh, milk protein is, it, people don't always respond to it. So I think the, the bigger question is the, the milk products itself. Like um, cow, cow protein doesn't really, um, it, it's not as easily digested by people in general, or some people just have negative reactions to it. That's, that's personal. So I think that, that that's kind of the bigger question. Is that a good source of protein for you? You know, people talk about the calcium and the vitamin D. Lots of other foods have those, those nutrients. You know, if you're eating a wide variety of foods, vegetables and grains and other sources of protein, fish, you know, you've got the like sardines, you're eating the bones and sardines, you're getting tons of calcium. And that's, that's better, it's more bioavailable. So, um, so I just think that there's no, in, you know, milk is already modified, but if it's modified even more to take out the fat, it just seems like it's more of a processed food. I don't know. That's, I don't have any, I have to admit, I don't have like scientific evidence about it. It's probably going to be more satisfying too, because the fats are going to, you know, they're going to fill you better. Yeah, low. It, it, yeah, absolutely. And fat helps us digest. So there's evidence showing that when you, so sometimes people want to have just steamed broccoli, for example. Well, it's harder to digest. You can absorb more of the nutrients when you have when you have the fat in it, plus having a lot of vegetables can have can cause other you know indigestions. It can cause gas production. You know, it just it can it can be difficult to eat a lot of these raw veggies. E eating it with oils can be helpful, actually. So I just think that we've swung, you know, sort of holdover from I don't know the 90s, I guess, you know, or I don't even know when it was when you know low fat was all you know everyone was eating low fat. I think we're you, talking about the 70s, 80s. <laughs> 80s, yeah. Now it's like the other way. We're not talking, you know, have everything all fat and you know keto. I, I think that's that's that doesn't seem reasonable at all. No, um, I mean we cook with olive oil all the time. 
you know, and, and people have mixed feelings about coconut. Coconut has some cholesterol, but from what I've seen with evidence that, mm -hmm. that coconut oil actually is healthy. It can add like coconut with potatoes. Let's say you're, you're roasting potatoes and you have a little bit of coconut oil or cooking with some vegetables or some meats. It's, it's delicious. So those two are, are fantastic, but yeah, nuts of whatever kind, avocado, you know, super healthy and good quality. You know, if it's beef, you have chicken and fish, organic, sustainable, you know, that kind of thing, you're going to get fantastic quality eggs. It's, it's wonderful cheeses too. You know, I mean, we're, we're not talking going overboard, but when you're having cheese, like real cheese, not processed cheese, you're getting, you're getting nutrients, you're getting some organisms in there. Um, I, like I, like I mentioned, you know, I think goat can be easy, more easily digested by people or sheep, but you know, whatever, all, all in moderation. But I think it's, if you're eating a lot of vegetables, and, and having some healthy fats, good quality protein, you're going to be good. What do you recommend for the best nuts? Different ideas. You know, um, I think any, any nut go is not peanuts, but I've heard all sorts of things. Walnuts and uh, almonds seem to be the ones that keep coming up as the ones that are the, the healthiest. Some, everyone's reading something about how almond skins are healthy for us. Oh, I think, which ones do you like best? Oh, and pistachios, pistachios also. So I do pistachios, almonds, and cashews, but almonds actually sit with you for a long time. Mm -hmm. Very filling. And I do a lot of um, microwave popcorn, like natural popcorn, not the package, just the kernels. How do you eat it? Just just plain? Just plain or, you know, you could sprinkle like a little bit of water with Parmesan cheese or whatever. Nutritional yeast is another thing you can put on. If, I don't know if you ever, if you ever had that. It? Nutritional yeast. So oh, no. I never had that. So no. Usually, I think you find it in the, in the baking aisle and, and it's yeast that has been modified so that it's not active. Uh, it's not going to get moldy or anything, but it just has, it has a lot of nutrients. It has a lot of, it has B vitamins or is it a lot of times added, you know, some, some B vitamins are added to it, but it just has a kind of a cheesy flavor. So a lot of um, vegans use it, but that's kind of nice. And yeah, you can you can spice up popcorn with curry powder and cinnamon, really any spice, even herbs. One other thing that can get in the way is um, people feeling hungry. And so I think when, when people start making changes, oftentimes one, one thing they, they start doing is eating less, but, um, and so that can make them hungry and then binge later or snack or grab for whatever's in front of them. But I think another thing that can happen is that people um, are not used to being hungry because food's so available. And I'm not at all suggesting that we should torture ourselves and suffer and you know be lightheaded and all of that. But I think sometimes it's it's okay to be hungry. You know, just because cookies are there, just if you've thought ahead of time, okay, dinner's going to be venison because I've already planned that. Um, then you you just wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear that with my clients. And again, I'm, I'm not at all suggesting that it's that there's any that you should aim for that. But uh, sometimes we can tolerate a little bit of hunger and, and not just reach for something that ultimately won't make us feel so good. That kind of deciding ahead of time and then following through is probably the number one skill I work on with, with clients because we, we are so often, we just, we don't follow through. And so if you can just practice like, and I wonder what it would be like if you just said, okay, this is the amount I'm going to eat. And I'm just going to see how that works for me. Sometimes people are afraid they're going to be too hungry um, or they'll think, well, it's so tasty. I know I'm going to want more. It's okay. So let's say you want more. 
you want more. Okay. Doesn't mean you have to take more. I mean, if you're truly hungry, absolutely. Then you, you'll know, all right, okay, next time I'm going to take more. So you have to be reasonable about it, but and it's okay to want something or to crave it or to say, gosh, I wish I could have that entire cake. Or, you know, I used to be able to eat twice as much when I was, you know, 20 years younger, or how come my companions can eat more than me? You know, they're, these are all these, these are, this is part of like avoiding that, that's a painful thought that comes up, right? You don't want to avoid the pain of I'm deprived because I'd rather have more. And so it's just become when you can, again, without torturing yourself and have, you know, we want to be kind to ourselves, but just check in with yourself. Is it real to the point where you have to respond to it? Or is it just you kind of throwing a tantrum? And I'm just not judging, but I'm just saying we all do this. I do it too. You know, we all want everything. And how does that fit into what is actually going to be better in the long run? So it's that balance between being compassionate and attending to our body's needs and, and just kind of what are our long-term goals. Yeah, we all have, you know, we all have tricks that will work for us and it just um, experiment and stick with them and all that. So really, it's been a delight being here. Thank you so much for um, inviting me to come and thank you all for listening and participating. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To listen to past podcast episodes and to see a calendar of our upcoming events, visit our website, empower-women.com. You are also invited to join us on February 14th for our next Empower Women event, Looking Forward, Real Estate Trends in 2023. Hightower Advisors LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity-specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult with their tax or legal advisor for related questions.